Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host this evening, John Harris, football analyst and Southern reporter, joined to start the show by the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how are you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. We're back at it. We've got practice. We've got things going on. I'm so excited. It is. We've got OTAs tomorrow and then the start of minicamp next week. Yeah. And then... And that's it. The desert, as you call it. The desert arrives, and I kind of like the desert because it's the last chance to take a deep breath, and then boom, it all starts up. And you know how fast that part of the year goes mm-hmm. because everybody's hyped about football. Everybody's doing their summer stuff, and you blink, and then training camp is here. We'll be off and running. There's something about training camp. You know, OTAs is interesting because what you have here is you have a situation where Okay, you know you're practicing, but it's all dressed up, no place to go. It's going to stop, and you're going to take this long break. And i got to think that when you look at Luke Richardson, when you look at Ladd, the nutrition guy, they're thinking, okay, how do we keep everybody going here during this time and then get them ready as quickly as possible for when training camp arrives? I think the way the guys have spoken to us, I don't know what you think about this, the way the guys have talked to us, the players – they're all hyped about staying on the program, doing all the right yeah. things. You know, they are anyway, but this year especially because this new program is something that has them all really energized. Yeah, that, that's – I'm curious about that. Obviously, we picked up and transported everything to West Virginia last year. But there are a lot of new pieces in play that have never done this before, not that yeah. I'm aware of. I mean, Luke was with the Broncos, not sure where Lad was. So – how does what they're doing, the program, if you will, mm-hmm. how does that transport all the way up to West Virginia? I mean, that you know, for them, this is the first time they're doing it. Now, the players, yeah. things, they've done this before. The, most of the coaches, I guess, have done this before. But there's still some new pieces there in the coaching staff as well. So I'm curious how that kind of plays for them, mm-hmm. like how much stress that causes for them, because it really does feel like that's one thing the players have all talked about is the fact that the new, the nutrition and the sports performance areas are so different, and they've all felt the effects. Yeah, They've all felt it. And I think that's been really one of the most encouraging things about the offseason is that they're feeling the effects. And, yeah, when you have change, everybody talks about, oh, yeah, what you're doing, yeah, yeah, we're doing different stuff, and whether it's better or worse, who knows. But to a man, every even whether it's on air or off air, when you talk to them, they're like, this program is – these nails. This thing is awesome. It's I'm money. glad we're doing it. I just hope that when you get to the West Virginia, being away from the creature comforts where you've kind of created all that, right. I hope that's able to kind of move up there with you and you're able to do the same things up there. Without even knowing specifically as we're talking, I'm betting that they're taking all the steps to yeah. bring all the right food oh, yeah, there so. or, or have the Green Briar prepare it the way they want it because they're doing it here with Aramark. And they're also doing it with the strength and the what am I calling it? The Sports Performance Center. Yeah, uh, they'll beam up whatever they need to to yeah. simulate that as much as humanly possible. But it's coming closer than we think. It is. It's going to be here, Johnny. And I'm all hyped up because the Watson thing came out last week. Watson, one of the top 50 players, Ooh, and that oh. video. Even though I've been watching Watson highlights all off season long, that was kind of a different look, different perspective. Hearing some of the Seahawks guys yep. speak specifically about Watson's performance on that day, and you just think. This is going to happen. He's going to be out there again, and I just can't wait to see the results. You know, it's NFL Network has been running this. This I don't know how they're they're, they're titling it "Comeback Season," is how okay. they're titling it, and I don't 
I don't really know how they pick the players that they're going with for comeback season. Or, but essentially, they're playing games. They're replaying games of players that they've chosen. And so, it's one day it was going to be Deshaun, but Deshaun's one of the players. Aaron Rodgers is one of the players. And even though Aaron Rodgers played last year, he didn't obviously play the last. He played one game in the last three, and then that was it. He missed like six or seven games. And then a couple other players. But every time I'll be in the I'll be in the kitchen or I'll be in the living room and I'll just be doing something else and I'll just have NFL Network on and then I'll just yeah I'll just hear you and I'm like Mark what oh it's comeback season again and so they've been doing this and Deshaun is one of the players but it's like if you so they feature a game of his right and of course it's the Seattle game it's the game that, of course it's the game that we end up losing yeah but that's the game that everybody comes back to and mm-hmm. says okay yeah we did it against the Titans and Browns all right okay whatever. He did that to Seattle, in Seattle, the Sunday after all you know what broke loose back here in Houston, and he did that as a rookie to that defense. I think that's the one thing that stands out probably more than anything else is when you listen to the Seahawks, they're like, we never had anybody do that to us. Yep. We in saw their, Russell do it to them. Yep. We never had anybody do it to us. In their building. Yeah. It was It was a phenomenal day in that way. It hurt a lot. I guess it hurts a little bit less when you see a great performance like that. It's hard to gauge these things, you know, if you yeah. lose 21 to 7, 21 to 20 or 41 to 40, yeah. do they feel different? Right. You know, I guess it all depends on how and what the context is within the season. That one hurt a lot, but also you felt a little bit like you did after the New England game in that, all right, we really know that this team knows how to play offense, yeah. and they struggled defensively that day, but they've got to get better, and Watson will be around next week. He'll play the Colts at home. Oh, wait a minute, he's not. He's right. out for the season, and then it all went south from there. You know, Had he played the rest of the year, who knows? We talked about that last week, how that might have all gone down. But to me, there's a lot of praise for him. He's going to have to deal with that, but who better to deal with that than him? Because yeah. he's hurt it his whole life, really, high school level. And I know we talk about this from time to time. Oh, some of these NFL players, and oh, they were so great in high school, so they're used to that. Yeah, they were all great in high school. But Watson was you know, a two-time state championship game yeah. participant or winner in high he school. He won one. I don't think he lost the other one. All right, so in college, same thing. Won right. one, lost the other one in dramatic fashion, though. I mean, that yeah. loss to Alabama – was not as good as the win, obviously, but there were a lot of great things that happened with that Clemson offense against that outstanding defense in that particular game. So it kind of reminds you of some of the things he's done in the limited window as a professional. Let's just see what happens as he gets to the starting gate in 2018. To your point about that Seattle game, obviously he didn't play another game that year. And so there's been a lot of hype since then. After what he did to that Alabama defense, and when you go back and you look at that 2015 Alabama defense, you realize there, I believe it's 16, maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. 17. First, second, or third round picks that were on that defense. Now, obviously, 11 play at once. But on that 2015 defense, there were, I believe, 16, maybe I'm shortchanging, it could be 17, first, second, or third round picks. All Deshaun had with him wow. in 2015 was Deshaun. It, that was the only draft pick, I think, off of that offense. He and oh, Wayne Gallman. That was it. And, and the, so On the 2015 team. On the 2015 team. Wow. So there was all this hype about, oh, my gosh, look at Deshaun. Look what he did. Holy smokes. Now, he had some of that hype coming into Clemson. Uh-huh. But I felt like 
the same thing. Like, okay, is that too much hype? Is he going to be able to handle it? Not only did he handle it, yeah, he had a couple of rough games, and he threw some interceptions that year they probably like to have back. But he ends up leading Clemson to a national championship at the end of the year, taking that hype and saying, okay, how can I make me better? And, yeah, he had some, some tough moments. Everybody expected him to have an Alabama game every single week. And I think if there is a challenge amongst the, the fan base – so mm-hmm. to speak, it is to keep realistic expectations yeah. of a second-year quarterback who will be going into his seventh game of starting when hopefully being 100% healthy, he's ready to go against the New right. England Patriots. And everybody's seventh been... Seventh start. All these defenses, look, they watch everything we're talking yeah. about, too, and they watch the detailed stuff mm-hmm. over and over and over, and they want to make their statement against him. We held him to this. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, you, people have to sort of guard their expectations a little bit, but get excited. I mean, you should get oh, excited. Why not? Of course. He's just going to have to get through that sophomore year and prove that nah, he doesn't have to put up 30 points a game, but they're all going to be gunning for him. You open at New England. You have Tennessee on the road the next week. Then you have the Giants here. Then you go to Indy. I mean, it's a tough schedule. I know we talk about on paper and records and this and that and the other thing and quarterbacks you're facing. It looks pretty tough to me, Johnny, to yeah. go – Open at New England and play in Tennessee week two. Yeah. That alone. And then the Giants should be a rejuvenated team. So yeah. let's see how it plays out. Maybe it plays out in their favor. Maybe Tennessee's not as good as we thought. Maybe the Giants aren't. Maybe New England is slipping. All of that. But right now it looks to me like mm, you better be ready for this thing. I I don't disagree with you. Speaking of the Patriots, mm-hmm. Gronk and Brady are apparently back in the building for mandatory minicamp. Oh, wow. What a surprise. Do you, do you buy the fact because – Brady and Gronk have been at everyone that they've been healthy enough to to be a part of. Yep. That they've been a part of OTAs, voluntary, involuntary, whatever. Do you buy any do you buy any of this offseason noise that it could have an impact on them going forward? I don't think so. Realistically. I, I think once they all get into the rooms together and on the field together, they'll all be fined. Whatever version of fine they could be, I don't think yeah. it'll take anything away. Now there are those who'll say if there's any kind of dissension, then it's going to play itself out. But I think I always go back to this, and and even in situations here over the years, it's in the best interests of everyone's career that you all do well together. Yeah. So they'll find a way to work well together. Now maybe that means the end result of the recipe won't be as good because maybe they don't get along as well as they once did. I don't know the answer to that. If I'm Tom Brady, why not miss OTAs? Or yeah. I'm Tom Brady. Why not go ahead and miss a little bit of time, a little less wear and tear on the body? Maybe I'm wrong about this approach. I don't know. Maybe the you know Tom versus time people would say, no, 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 he's got to be there, right. whatever. Gronk is a little bit of a different story to me. You know, that's contract and that, yeah, I do believe that some guys feel like Belichick with the benching of Butler and everything, maybe, you've gone, maybe he's gone too far, but... I guess not everything lasts forever also, right. you know. Would anybody be shocked if the Patriots – you'd be totally stunned if they missed the playoffs healthy. Yes. Would you be stunned if they stumbled in the divisional round relatively healthy? I wouldn't. I mean, I think that's that's been coming for a long time. They always find a way to circle the wagons, though, and get it going and start playing their best ball at the right time of year. Yeah, ironically, the last time that they lost in the divisional playoffs, both times they lost – well, one was not – a. The last time they lost, uh, is my math correct on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. 2010 was the last time they lost. That was a divisional playoff game. Offensive coordinator was Bill O'Brien. They had 
gone 14 and 2 that year. Brady was unbelievable and they lost to the Jets. Wait, didn't the Broncos beat San Diego? Oh, that was a divisional game. San Diego in the um AFC playoffs when Manning went to the Super Bowl the first time against yeah, Seattle. That was um yeah, they beat they uh they beat San Diego. No, they beat they beat the Patriots. They beat the Patriots because I remember being at the Senior Bowl watching that game and the Patriots are just they're having a horrible time. I was going to say something I shouldn't say. In the conference championship. In the, com- in the, yeah. In the, yeah, in the AFC championship right, game. But in the divisional playoffs, they beat San Diego that year, I believe. Yeah, they mm-hmm. beat San Diego. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I think there are some teams that can knock off the Patriots in a divisional playoff round. But it's going to have to happen there. The last two times that the Patriots didn't go to the AFC championship game, they lost a playoff game at Gillette Stadium. 2009, they lost to the Ravens and just got drilled. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, they lost to the Jets in the divisional playoff round after having a bye week. Every other year, they've gone to the AFC Championship game. So you're right. It's got to end at some point. And I think the, the hope would be that there are enough cracks in the armor there that it kind of it splinters that team, so to speak. I just don't think it can happen. I just think they still offensively can do the things they want to do with Brady in charge, as long as he's 100% healthy. Is the line going to be as good? They always find a way to put it together or throw it together if they need to. Well, that, that I think if they're going to have a problem, which they had a problem against us, mm-hmm. was was the offense line. But there are times that the offense line holds up just enough, and against us it ended up being big plays. And he gets the ball off, and, and he, he gets, gets the ball out. to the right guy. Absolutely. And that's the thing that, that's got me the last couple times that we played the Patriots. In 2016, we took away all the short stuff. What do you do? He went deep. He beat us deep in the playoff game a number of times. In 2017, well, again, we took away some of the short stuff, and then he ends up hitting Brandon Cooks for a big play on the first yep. drive. Then he hits Hogan for a touchdown. He hits Hogan for another touchdown. He threw the ball down the field for Cooks on that final one. He adapts because you're not going to get pressure every single play. Right. Because they're going to block four with six, and they're gonna, you're going to get somebody open, and he's going to end up finding them. And I think that's why they're going to continue to – win 11, 12 games, you just hope in a playoff situation you could do enough to slow them down if you've got the offensive firepower and if this team is 100% healthy here in Houston, well, they got an opportunity to be in a battle with them and hope you got the ball last and can win it. My heart started a race already thinking about 11.45 Central on September 9th <laughs> leading into that game. You know? I, where, where, here yeah. we go, playing for keeps now, yeah. preseason over, and the openers at New England, by the way. I just find it fascinating we talk about the Patriots and what has made them great for so long. And now you've got two of the star players, the two star players, not being a part of OTAs. Yeah. And yet everything they've kind of built that on is sort of out there and exposed to say, all right, you built it all doing it this way. Now all of a sudden you've got two stars that yeah. said, now when I come into voluntary OTAs, Let's see if it still works. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm curious to see. I think that once you get a week into camp, maybe even less time than that, you're going to forget all about that. I think you're you're going to be right. in camp with those guys. You're ruining my dreams, Mark. Sorry, Johnny. You're ruining my dreams, Mark. You really are. Sorry. But I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thank you, John. Coming up next, a guy that has immense potential. When he's healthy, he's a guy that makes a ton of plays on the field. Who is that? Joel Heath, defensive end. We'll have him next right here on Texas All Access. Hey, just a reminder, everybody out there, listen, I know you guys love the Houston Texans, and I know you want to take in all the information you can about this particular team. Well, NFL Network has you covered tonight because NFL Top 100 is back. It is back. Look, there's no Astros game going on. 
There's no NBA Finals. There's no excuse for it. 7 o'clock tonight, NFL Network. And I would only tell you that if I knew that a Houston Texan was going to be unveiled. But NFL Network tweeted out today, there is a Houston Texan from 41 to 30. Now, my spidey senses tell me that I know who it's going to be, but I don't want to divulge anything. But he plays defense, and he's tall, and he's got dreads, and he was once a number one overall pick. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's, that's what I think. That's what I think it's going to be. That's my, that's my hunch. I don't know where, though. He was 49 last year, that being Jadeveon Clowney. He is definitely not 49 this year because 50 was Deshaun Watson, and now they're in the 40s. So it's 40 through 31 tonight. So somewhere, Jadeveon Clowney will be unveiled is my guess because then you got DeAndre Hopkins. The only other one I thought was Tyron Matthew. I sort of thought Tyron would be somewhere between 50 and 70. But that, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think. But you never know. There could be two because when I did the math, when NFL Network puts it out, they put out a tweet and it says, Hey, a player from these teams, and it puts all the Twitter handles out, and there were eight Twitter handles, and there's ten players. So my guess is that two of them come from the same team, so we'll see, maybe. But it does, does mean that there is a Houston Texan. My guess is clowny, but we'll see. And, and just like with the Deshaun one, there will be some very interesting highlight sound from that, especially if NFL Network goes back and, and does what I did when – I during the season I went back and found sound from opposing teams. I went I went to I listened to the Seattle play by play calls. And it was it was hilarious to listen to them. Oh, there's Clowney again. We can't block him. I mean it was just amazing. And then the LA Rams, I've told that story, the LA Rams and DeMarco Farr, who I got a chance to talk to at the senior bowl, which was really fun to talk to him and share stories. We did all that. We sat next to each other and just talked football. I don't even know if there's anybody else at the table, although I think there were eight people. And we just talked about football and Dick Vermeil and the Rams and the Super Bowl and talked about each other's teams and all that kind of stuff. So it was good stuff. And, of course, we talked about Jadeveon Clowney. So my guess is it's Clowney tonight, but you got to watch it to find out. 7, 8 o'clock, end of this show. I know you want to keep it glued to Sports Radio 610, and that's cool. Just pause the radio or during a commercial, just wait for it to come on, and hopefully we'll see a Texan. Well, you'll see a Texan. My guess is clowning, but we'll see. That'll give the Texans three from third, well, 40. We'll see, 30, what are they, 31 tonight? 31 through 84, they'll have three players, J.J. Watt, Sean Watson, and Devion Clowney. The top team has six, and that, fortunately, to Jacksonville Jaguars because Clay Campbell has not been unveiled. A.J. Boye has not been unveiled. Jalen Ramsey has not been unveiled, and I think those are the three that are left because they've already had Yannick Ngakwe, They've had Telvin Smith, and they've had Leonard Fournette. So they've already had those three. They'll have three more. Either way, the Titans are all done. I don't think they're going to have anybody else. I do think the Colts are going to have T.Y. Hilton, I, I think. But then again, he did, he did a little bit of a step back last year, so, so we'll see. That would be the only Colt I would imagine that will make it. In the future, Malik Hooker is going to make it. I think Quentin Nelson will make it, and that guy Luck will make it if, 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 if he's healthy. Someone I'm going to talk to DP City about in the final segment, so just hang on to your hats for that. But now, it's time to talk to one of Jadeveon Clowney. We're sitting here talking about Clowney in the NFL Top 100. One of Clowney's teammates and a guy that can be very explosive, a guy that can be impactful on this defense. 
The third year for Joel Heath. He came in here during Texans media days. We had a chance to talk to him about a lot of different things, staying healthy being one of them. And what is his potential? What's his ceiling as an NFL player? It's Joel Heath. Joining us right now in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, it's Joel Heath. How's it going, Joel? Pretty good. How you doing? Doing well. All right, so what's this offseason been like for you? It's been a grind. Um, we've got a new strength staff, so they've right. implemented a lot of different things. And um, I've noticed the difference in my body. And so this has been a good year, a good off season to really get us primed into going into the season. What was the focus for you, Joel, this off season? You talked to some linemen and some say, I want to I cut, I want to be quicker. Some are saying, I need to pack on some weight. What's kind of been the focus for you? Flexibility. Um, that's a big thing for me, especially coming off the ball, um, yeah. taking on double teams, flexibility, hip motion. Uh, all those things are important. All right, when you look at some of the guys getting back from injury, that's got to be a big boost to the rest of the players as well. feels like a completely new situation. Absolutely. Um, definitely, I agree. I think, including myself, coming off of an injury, I think it's been big for us with this strength, uh, strength staff um, to get us to where we need to be uh, health-wise. It feels like for just – Watching Joel the last couple of years, it feels like health is the, I don't say it stands in the way, but it feels like it's the hurdle for you that if you can get past that hurdle, you could be a really good NFL defensive lineman, no question. I remember against New Orleans in practice, you had been hurt, you'd been injured, and it was in, against the Saints where you finally got to put pads on. And the first play of the scrimmage, you had a tackle for a loss in like no time flat, like tackle Mark Ingram, and it was like, what the heck is going on? You're getting heckled from behind. Yeah, there you go. He's getting heckled from yeah, behind. Yeah, J.J. Watt. <laughs> Another big thing, guy. Background. Um, how, how, much more do you, uh, how much do you have to do to kind of get to that level of consistency day in and day out? I think I'm thinking that just kind of going back to it um, with the strength staff, I think if, if, if I make sure as a player that I'm, I'm putting in the time with my body um, and I stay healthy, you know, with Coach Weave, um, being able to coach me up the way I need to be consistently through training camp, I'll be I'll be heads and heels above where I've where I've been these last two years, and I'm super excited for it. When you get back and enter the strength and conditioning program after being away for a while, what is that like? Because it's got to be strange. You need the time off, yet it's probably a situation where you miss some of the guys and being around them every day. Absolutely, and I, I think we we all kind of get to that place when. You know, off season's coming, and we're, and we're done with off season, and uh, we really, we really value what it was that we had during mm-hmm. the season, and um, we just remember, you know, we just remember all the good times and the bad times and the adversity we shared, and definitely getting back is is huge for us. Joe, we all talk about oh, the offensive line is the tightest group in the in the locker room. What's the D line room like? Man, we are the tightest group. Don't let them tell you that, man. We are <laughs> absolutely the tightest group, um, and you can see it on the field. Yeah, I mean we. We are electric. We bring the energy, and especially with JJ as our leader, mm-hmm. man, we we're probably the tightest. How's your four square game? Have you been working on it at all? Uh, man, I'm I'm trying, man. I, this year, I, I anticipate being pretty good. So, mm-hmm. put your name up on the King of the Day list. Yep. I, we just had Carlos Watkins in here a little while ago. Okay. What was it like having a guy in a locker room uh, bringing him in, Watkins, who had already known DJ Reader? Was it kind of like having – this is a dated reference. I was thinking about Mutt and Jeff, but maybe Beavis and Butthead. I don't know is yeah, the right yeah, way of saying that's it. That's probably but dated having two too. guys that were, were roommates that are in the room together, were they just always kind of cutting up? What was it like having two former roommates in the room with you guys? It was good because we can feed off of it too. Um, they have such great chemistry just watching those two guys just be themselves. Yeah. 
Um, we learn a lot about them a lot quicker than we would if it was just them individually. So we feed off of their goofiness, and we all have a good time, and they're, they're part of the reason why. When you look at the rookies entering the building, what kind of memories does that bring up for you? Man, a lot, because they look like deer in headlights, and I, <laughs> I remember those days. So a heck of a lot of memories. You've, I mean, what, third year? You're going to your third year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Going to your third year. I mean, you're a seasoned vet, and you see these young rookies coming <laughs> in. What's the one thing that if you could go back and tell your rookie self something, what would you go back and tell your rookie self? Like, hey, prepare for this or get ready for this or look out for that. What would you tell your rookie self stepping in here to this building for the first time? I would say to myself, I would say be consistent and just relax. Don't get overworked about stuff. Don't take yourself too serious. Um, and I think if you do that and let the chips fall where they may, everything is going to work itself out. You weren't drafted, so when do you think you shake that label of undrafted guy? I mean, it's almost like you never – because if you make the Pro Bowl, you're going to be an undrafted guy who made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So how does that all work? I out? love it. I love the title. It gives me an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll always carry that no matter how long I play football and even after I'm done. They'll know I've gone through all this and started and everything else. And when I was I was an undrafted player. When I think about Joel Heath, I can't help but think about last year, last training camp. He had been banged up, nursing an injury throughout training camp. And the first time that he was actually eligible to practice was in New Orleans. When we had gone to New Orleans to practice against the New Orleans Saints. And he jumps right in on the defense. I'll never forget. First play, snap ball, and he... I say hits in air quotes because you weren't really supposed to – if you had a big hit, you weren't really supposed to take it. But anyways, he hit Mark Ingram. I'm three, four yards deep in the backfield, like right as Ingram gets the the handoff. And Heath just just burst in there and took care of business. And I remember thinking, wow. He – like, wow, if that guy stays healthy, holy smokes, he could be the answer. Who plays opposite J.J.? that's, That's the guy right there. I think he ends up being a very important piece on this defense. But he's got to stay healthy. Joel Heath must be healthy for this team. He's a guy that when he provides depth, he's providing more than just a body out on the field, taking up snaps, eating up snaps, eating up linemen. He's an impactful player. I go back to his rookie year at the end of the year, that game against Tennessee in 2016, when the game meant nothing. And the Texans had a, a lot of backups, if not backups everywhere on the field. And Joel Heath had two sacks in that game. He's our player of the game. I remember after the game, I got on an interview in the locker room. Hey, you're player, our player of the game. He's like, really? I mean, he's so unassuming. But yet, on the field, he can be a dominant player. He hasn't gotten there every single play yet, but he can be dominant. And if he can play at that level with J.J. coming back, with Cove coming back, with Reader in the middle coming back, with Witt healthy on the outside, with Clowney, that defensive front's got a really good opportunity to be one of the best in the league, I, I think. And I think Heath ends up being – because, look, we know about Clowney. We know about Watt. Uh, even DJ Reader's gotten some acclaim. But it's guys like Christian Covington, to me, who can really uh, – whether Cove gets 15 snaps or 45 snaps, he's going to make plays for you. And Joel Heath, same thing. When he's in there, he makes plays. Those guys are unsung heroes that end up making this defensive line really the, the deepest – Maybe it's been in a while, but also the most athletic and dynamic and impactful line they can have in quite some time. So hoping for that and then some from Joel Heath this year. All right, got DP Senior coming by. I'm going to do something with DP we have done. It's called Bold Predictions. I'm going to throw some bold predictions. Not entirely ones I might 100% believe in, but I'm going to throw them at her and see what she thinks and see how 
close to true it could be, or oh, you're just way off, Johnny, because that that does happen. So DP Sidhu will join me next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris here, your host for Monday's show, alongside my good friend DP Sidhu. DP, what's going on? It's final week of OTAs, Johnny. Next oh, week, yes. veteran mini camp, mandatory veteran mini camp, and I can't believe we're almost at the end of OTAs. It feels like we just started. Oh, it does, and yet it's gone by really quickly. I think there's been so much to be excited about, so much to look forward to I that know. Uh, you know we've just been inundated with just watching these guys, and and, and Deshaun Watson's really just been the story of OTAs. So yeah. I think there's a lot to be excited about right now. No, you're right about that. I think some of the newer players to me, and of course, watching Deshaun was what. I definitely want to do the last couple OTAs, especially this last one inside. Nice, clear view of what they look like inside. You don't have to worry about the oppressive heat because it is oppressive. We've reached, reached that stage in the calendar where it is oppressive. But I, it's you're right. It's almost it's almost over. Mini camp next week. Mandatory mini camp. That's the only part of OTAs that's mandatory. Mandatory mini camp. But and even so, they they call it veteran mini camp, but it'll be the rookies and the vet. It's everybody. And then everybody's there. Veteran mini camp. I guess you're veterans at this point. You've I guess. been through the off-season workout program. And you know, and I, I I said Deshaun Watson, but it's also been a lot of fun watching some of the free agents, seeing like yep. Tyron Matthew. I know we've talked about him a lot. Yep. Just seeing how the defense looks. Yep. Uh, I know we don't have everybody back healthy again, but we've got a lot of pieces that are back. Whitney Merciless, Christian Covington, mm-hmm. You know, seeing the secondary out there healthy together, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it really has. Three days of minicamp. So we got OTAs this week. The day that we get to see will be tomorrow. Right. And we'll obviously have a bunch of reports and sound and all that kind of stuff from OTAs tomorrow. So you definitely want to check that out. On the app, we will have plenty of breakdowns and thoughts on radio. So you definitely want to get to the either the app or listen on Sports Radio 610. So we'll have all that stuff for you. Or... You can listen to our podcast. Let you can get on iTunes and tune in and Stitcher. Uh, your uh, your Deep Slant podcast is always fantastic. Well, thank I have you. used that for for radio. At least a segment of that the last few weeks. Your Roland Ramirez segment was tremendous. I I absolutely I loved it. I know Ro. It's always interesting when you know the person, so you you get a little bit more background on them when you talk to them. But every time that I run a Deep Slant interview, it's Fantastic. So you want to check out the Deep Slam Podcast. Yeah, thank you, you so much for playing that, actually. Because in the lab. You can check them all out. I you, tune in Stitcher. You guys have some funny topics. And one more thing about Roland Ramirez. He is uh, the assistant head strength and condi- assistant head strength and conditioning coach. Associate I guess, trainer. Associate, yeah. Anyway, he works with the players. Right. He's very, very instrumental in rehabbing them. Right. We talked about Jadevian Clowney during Hard Knocks, how he really credited Roland for getting him back on track after the microfracture knee surgery. But what you didn't know about Roland Ramirez is that he actually invented something to help in the rehab process, yeah. patented it, and we sort of got into that. I didn't even know that. We were right. just sort of chit-chatting about it beforehand, and he's just such a humble person. He didn't really want to talk about it, and I, and I was like, we, no, 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 no. This is, this what is you a do big a deal. Podcast. Let's go. We got to talk about it. I go, yeah. listen, if you don't feel comfortable at af- about it afterwards, you know, we can just chop the whole thing. But I thought it came out great. And it was, you know, it's really interesting. I, I could have a whole conversation with him about the whole patenting yeah, process yeah. and how, how you get into that. But I don't think that's the end of it for him. He's, he's always looking for new, um, inventive ways to work on rehab and to further to just further the field as far as he's concerned. He really has a passion for it. And, of course, after you do something once and you know how to do it, then... It's easier the second time around, well, right? Well, seemingly, you just got to come up with the creative idea of how you're going to use That's it all. That is just the idea. All right, DP. Let's, let's do something. We're going to call it bold predictions. So, 
I've I've come up with what I think are some bold predictions. Now, of course, the definition of a bold prediction is to some people like that's the craziest bleep ever. Right. To some that is that's not a bold prediction. So it falls somewhere in, in that line. So you are going to get to be judge and jury. Oh, I like this. Of my bold predictions. So I so I say whether it's closer to the truth or whether it's Yes. You say you say crazy. yes. I think that's that's like that's on track to be true. I think that's a good prediction or you can say you're so off. You're so off base. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah, uh, and I'm they, ready. they will can they'll canvas the joint if you will. Let's start with the Texans. Will Fuller will catch more touchdown passes than DeAndre Hopkins in 2018. You know what? I thought about this, actually, because when you said we're going to do bold predictions, I thought, what are some bold predictions about the Texans? That's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. And it's a bold prediction because, A, he has to be healthy. Right. B, DeAndre Hopkins is always healthy. But I think that it's, it's definitely a possibility if Will Fuller can stay healthy because everyone's focusing on DeAndre Hopkins right. now. You can't focus on both of them. I, I think it's definitely – um, it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. I don't think it's so preposterous. I really don't. If, but a lot of things have to happen in order for that to come true. If you're a defensive coordinator, who would worry you more, DeAndre or Will? Probably still DeAndre just because he's earned that respect. You always put yeah. your best corner and safety on DeAndre, and he's able to make these catches that are just – I mean, I don't even know how you defend against them. So I, I could see him being the guy that keeps you up, gives you nightmares, and not if you're a D coordinator. The Texans' touchdown record. Okay, next one. The Texans' touchdown passing record is Matt Schaub with 29. That record will still stand after 2018. Oh, so you're saying it's not going to be broken. It will not be broken in 2018. That's preposterous, John Harris. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> you think it gets you, broken finally? I thought you were going to say it's going to be doubled. I thought no, that was going to be your uh, bold prediction. I was like, oh, okay. 29 is the number. We nearly Matt blew past Schaub it. has it. We nearly blew past it last year. Nearly. So I'm saying that the I'm, I'm making the bold prediction. That it won't be. Okay. I, 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 I just, I know. I, I don't see how it couldn't. In my I mean, heart, I, I feel like 30 touchdowns is definitely, I mean, that's less than two a game. Right. That gives Deshaun an opportunity to have a bad game here or there, but if he has a three or four touchdown game, it kind of makes up for it, et cetera. Could he throw two a game? I would think yes, but we've been that record's been up for a while. It's been up for a while now. That's cr- it's crazy to me that that is twenty nine. What year? What year was that? Twelve. I think that was eleven or twelve. 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 Yeah, eleven. He was hurt. Yeah, eleven. 12. Was hurt. Yep. So that's my bold prediction. I'm not saying preposterous, John. Harris. I think it's preposterous too, but I thought I would just I thought <laughs> I would throw it out there. Okay, number three. Let's go to the AFC South for this one. Leonard Fournette will not rush for a thousand yards in 2018. Leonard Fournette, Jaguars mm. star running back. I would like to say that that will is will not rush for a thousand yards in 2018. I would like to say that's the truth, but I think that's going to be preposterous. Because only ran I, for – I say only. I mean, he was a rookie last year, so, I, you know, I'll give it to him. But yeah. he was the focus of the offense last year in Jacksonville. There's no doubt about that. Well, I think with Blake Bortles there, he really – they he really re, they really rely heavily on him, and they have yeah. to. Unless he's hurt, I would see him being – I mean, he's he's fantastic. So last year, not in – it wasn't 16, it was 13 games. In 13 games – he ran for 1,040 yards, <laughs> 1,040. So that's it, just 40 yards over 1,000. A 3.9-yard average, 
and I'm saying he's going to rush for less than a thousand. I mean, people in Jacksonville, there's no way he's going to get better for you one year too. Well, unless he gets hurt early on. Well, I think there are a couple things. Number one, because of the way that he does run, I do think that style is going to take games off of his, not only his career but also of each season. I don't think he's going to be able to continue running the way that he does for 16 games without. He's just gonna have to live. I mean, you almost you almost know you're gonna have to live with it. That's that just the sense. nature of that position, and too. and the way he runs too. But he's, he's not, big, but he's big, Johnny. He's not slight. I, I know, I know. Although I know that doesn't make any difference if you're going to know, have he, an injury. No, you're right because he does exact the punishment on the defense, but he's also going to take in that punishment right. too. And it's been, I mean, he carried the ball 268 times last year. I, look, I think it's a stretch. I do think he gets to a thousand. But then again, if you play if you play thirteen games, you should get to a thousand. I mean, that's eighty yards a game, but you're at three point nine yards per carry. So that's and he's a big part of that offense. Yeah, that's I kind I of would... my annual dig at Leonard Fournette. <laughs> I, thought, just... I thought it was going to be the Andrew Luck prediction. I find those oh, I'm, really. I'm getting to that you got one. one. All right, so I say it's preposterous. I mean, I think as it stands right now, I don't see how he couldn't get to a thousand yards. Andrew Luck will start the year on pup. Mm. And halfway through the year, the Colts will be one and seven, and they will shelve him again. You know what? I could see that happening. I could totally see that happening because they're just so secretive about him right now. Yeah, he was out there for OTAs at the beginning, out there, right? He's out there, and then he wasn't even Handing out there. off and doing things, and then he was not even out there, right? And they said, "Oh no, no, no! He's just doing his rehab. He's got other things he's doing." I don't know. I if if I was if I was in Indianapolis, I, I would be very wary of those reports. So I, I totally I totally think that that's possible. All right, good. I and like I hope and I hope we're both right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I Jacoby Brissett's nothing to sneeze at, but still. No, I, I'm, yeah. You know, Jacoby Brissett three and zero against us. Yes, I know. Three and zero, Jacoby Brissett. But still, but still, you know what Andrew Luck can do, and he's he's. You know, it's really it's really sad a trajectory of his yeah. career if that happens to him again. I went back and there's kind of a long story for this, but I went back to watch the 2016 Colts Texans home game, the comeback game on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I went and watched. I watched it this morning actually because I was watching one player in particular, Kevin Johnson, because that was the last game in 16 and. Obviously, we've seen all of Kevin, but I wanted to go back and, and see what he looked like in 16. And that was his, uh, his last game, but I also thought it was his best game. And I went back to watch, and as I'm watching, it was hard not to take your eyes off of Luck and see some of the throws he made and go, I don't want to see him. Right. I don't want to see him. He's really good. I mean, that's, you know, Johnny Obvious there, but, <laughs> but, he, but he's so good. There, throw, there were throws he was making, and you just went, whoa, man. Jaco- even J- Jacoby's not – and Jacoby can throw the football. Jacoby's not making those throws. But that worried me. But then the other thing that worried me was how smart he is, too. There was one play where the Texans brought a blitz, and we we were in man. And so we got all our backs turned, and he knew it right away. So as soon as – it was almost like he had it planned. It was almost a design play, it seemed. He dropped back, and he knew if I drop back and let these rushers get around me and back behind me, I got all this room to run, and he did. They went up field, and he found a seam and took off, and there was nobody there. Wow. And there were these two crossing routes that went like this, and we have Texans going with both of them, and he just let those go. And, and he then he ran right, through the middle. Right through the middle. I'm like, man, he's smart. He is. He's so smart when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, and that yeah. was a run, and you're, he's not going to make a living running. But there have been times over the years of him playing against us where he has made plays 
running the football, and it's been they've been killers. Well, that's what makes him so dangerous is that he is smart. He's smart in the pocket, and then he's hard to bring down. Mm-hmm. Clowney, all these guys have talked about how hard it is oh, to bring guys. Andrew Luck down. So like you big. think you've got him, and I mean Clowney did, yeah. did sack him. Yeah, one of his last games of the year two years ago, the one that propelled the Texans to win the, the division there in Indianapolis. But I mean, he's not. He an got easy it, guy to bring but, down. but Luck never saw him. If Luck sees you and has an opportunity to kind of fight through it, you may not make that sack. All right, last bold prediction: twenty eighteen will be the last year. Of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick oh. together. You know what, Johnny? You and I are on the same page because when you told me we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about bold predictions. That's the first thing that my mind went to, that Tom Brady is going to retire after this year. Mm. And I think if Tom, but you know, I used to say if Tom Brady retires, Bill Belichick retires. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. I feel like because I feel like there's a there's I a little like discord he, in the happy household over yes, there. Yes, and I feel like this, just my gut says that each one of them wants to prove that he can do it without the other one. But no one's gonna no one wants to leave. No one wants to have to go somewhere else and do it because that changes the legacy. In to a degree, yeah. So I do I do think that So twenty eighteen, my I, bull prediction yeah. twenty eighteen is the last year True. of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick <laughs> stay home dead on. Let's nice. just make everybody happy. It's the off season, Johnny. We'll I say like true. That. I like true. That. That's gonna happen. All right. Last bull prediction. Okay. Ashley I and Jared will get married. A bachelor in paradise. I was shocked that they were dating. I know. They that, my I daughter would... came running into the living room the other day and she's like, Dad, look at this and of course I knew right away what it was. So for those of you that are listening, Bachelor in Paradise, I know, I know, you're rolling your eyes right now and I can see you all through the radio. I couldn't care less if you're rolling your but eyes. But just but just bear listening. with me. Ashley Eyes that girl less. that's chasing the guy and the guy has no interest in her. She's on stalker level chasing him. So so sobbing, crying. This is this has been a storyline for like what, a couple of years at least. At least. And the guy's like, I'm not interested, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. And now they're dating in real life. And, and she, she says, started dating another guy. She's dated I guess other guys. She got <laughs> jealous and then all of a sudden they're together. <laughs> he now. liked the attention. I don't know what message this is sending out to women. I don't, it's probably I don't not know. a good one, but I whatever. It's not a good one. But it's it's gonna make for very interesting. Don't 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 play games. They're gonna get but married. But then again, Johnny. she tried. She kept trying. She kept trying, and he was just like, "Man, eh, whatever." So one day, she somebody just, else. She just See, had, it usually works she just the opposite. Had, she just had to wait it out. It usually works the opposite way. Usually, a a, a man is chasing. That, yeah, I don't want to. Well, that, that that also happened on Bachelor in Paradise, and they did get married, and they they had a baby. So now it's it just shows you it's, it's equality when it comes oh, to reality reality TV. Oh, DP, I appreciate it. Thanks, that. Johnny. <laughs> And there you have it, the show in the books. Big thanks to Mark, to DP, to Joel Heath for stopping by. We had a good talk with Joel during media days and played that for you as well. Looking forward to seeing what he does in the 2018 season. Tomorrow, it's an OTA Tuesday. That's right. That means we get a chance to see everything at OTAs. We'll have all the interviews and all the sound and all of our thoughts right here on Texans All Access. Mark will be driving a train, but I'm sure I'll be here to give my thoughts as well. Big thanks to everybody for listening Training camp is almost here, folks. I mean, we're almost through the offseason. We're almost through it. We got OTA tomorrow, then three days of minicamp, and then the players are out of here. And the next thing on their calendar, 2018 training camp at the Greenbrier. Looking forward to it. Oh, man, it's almost here. Get excited, people. Thanks so much again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans.